You're listening to The Study Hub on Drive Time, episode 15, History. Now it is time for Study Hub and Evelyn O'Rourke and you'll have the oracle this evening. <laughs> Brian Mooney, the career guidance man. We got him down from the clouds for one night only. Gormila Mogad Cormac and yes, we're getting Mila Fall to Stackadu on Study Hub. I'm Hanoni. You're all very welcome in this evening and lots to talk about because this is a big, big week for Leaving Cert students from the release just over an hour or so ago of this, uh, the schedule for practical coursework. That circular has been issued that provides an update in relation to the arrangements for the delivery of the Leaving Cert exam practice work and also confirmation about the exam portal details. So from that to sixth year students themselves returning to school after two months studying at home, there is so much to discuss and thankfully Brian Mooney will be dropping into us here in the study hub to fill us in on more of that. We will also catch up with some of our Leaving Cert friends just to hear what it's like for them after the long gap to be back in the classroom. And that will be we'll, be, we'll bring you that in a few minutes. That's uh, some of our friends that we've been talking to over the last couple of weeks. We got them to do little diaries for us about uh, what it's been like to be back in the classroom. And then we'll also be going back in time. And I'm delighted to say that Previa de Sean de Lap from Close Discon will be joining us to untangle the Leaving Cert web of history. So we'll also be joined by Helene O'Keefe from the School of History and UCC to inspire and encourage us all about the wonderful resources available on our RT Learn site. But you know what? We've so much to talk about now. Let's get started. And as I said, delighted to be joined joined on the line now by Brian Mooney, career guidance expert and education commentator. Brian, you're very welcome to the Study Hub this evening. Hello, Evelyn. How are you? Listen, breaking news this evening, really, that uh, we finally have the all-important dates for practical coursework for students and teachers. And we've had so many teachers on this show over the last couple of weeks saying, look, you know, we think, we know, we're not sure. Finally, tonight, we kind of, we have facts now, don't we? Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, like LCVP uh, project work is in by Friday of next week. Um, The economics has to be finished by the 15th, but it will be retained in school. Designing communication graphics again the following week, um, finished by the March the 19th. We know the dates for the orals. We know that the orals now will take place in the between the 26th of March and the 15th of April. We know that the music practicals will be the second week of Easter. We pretty much know the entire system now from this evening of exactly what schools will be faced with in meeting all of these targets. And they are you know, literally, as I say, starting with the LCVP, which is Friday of next week. So the portal will now open next Wednesday and students have one week, just one week until 6 p.m. on the following Tuesday to indicate whether they wish to register for the assess grade process. And if they don't, that's it. They're not in. So it's really, really important. Well, I suppose, as you said, there are some of the dates there. I mean, art, you know, we know now completion there for May 20th. One of the things that caught my eye again, we had done music on the programme here a few weeks ago, is that the practicals, as you say, take place the second week of Easter, but must be conducted by examiners appointed by the SEC. And I note also in the detail, they're going to start, I think they said the week of March the 1st. So right now, recruiting all these examiners. Correct. And that's a huge issue, Evelyn. And, it, you know, it, they're, they're stating it quite clearly to principals in this directive. You know, it's up to teachers now to come forward because effectively, if you look at the recommendations in relation to exam centres, they're saying a max of 10 students in any exam centre in a normal room. And if you're using, uh, the, as Jim Hall, they're saying a max of 72. So you're going to need an awful lot more teachers in terms of supervising the exams. And obviously you're going to need people to come forward and correct these papers in the month of July when effectively the exams finish on the 29th of June. So there's a lot of commitment required from people. And remember, this is all voluntary. Mm -hmm. This isn't part of teachers' contracts. Mm -hmm. So teachers are going to have to, you know, commit to this work. And uh, if they don't, we're in trouble. 
Well, look, this is all very helpful stuff, Brian. We're inviting people at home who have a question for you to text us in on 51551. We'll be back to you in one minute. But as I said earlier, this week marks another historic chapter, can we bear it, in the story of the Leaving Cert 2021, as it's that first time that students have been back in their classroom since last December. But instead of just talking about the class of 2021, we decided it might be nice to actually talk to them about how they're getting on. How does it feel to be back amongst real people again and not just looking at faces on screen? So here are some of the voices of that class of 2021. Aaron Murray from Fingal Community College in Dublin, Ellen Clark from St Mary's College in Nace and Dorla Coffey from St Angela's in Cork. The school building was like half empty, which was really strange. Actually more than half empty, sure it was only us in it. But that felt a bit weird. It was a bit of a ghost town. I think as much as I wish it wasn't true, I was starting to run out of steam, you know, attending online school from home. So to hear that we were going back to the classroom was was really great news. But there was a large part of me that was also just really excited to get back in and, and see my friends and have some sort of normality, I suppose. Atmosphere was great. I think everyone was in such a good mood, maybe because the weather was so good as well. Sanitization has upped its game a little bit, which is obviously very important. But I think everyone is a lot more concentrated you know, there's not a lot of distractions. I only spoke with one of my teachers the other day and we joked about how, you know, in one hour in school, you get so much more done than you do in an hour at home. It's truly incredible, the difference. The past couple of weeks at home, online learning has just been rough for us all, especially the teachers too. And the teachers have been great. And I think everyone's just excited to get back in and get back to it. Quite similar to to September when we're all back after a summer holiday or, or such a long break, I think Everyone was a little bit on edge to begin with. We're in uncharted territory, I suppose. That's a bit of a cliche saying these days. But now that we're back a couple of days and everyone's happy and it's fantastic to be back. It's really good. It honestly feels like the virus disappears when you're at school because you can see your friends, you spend all your time with them. It's just great. I, I couldn't ask for anything more. Whether we're taking all exams or taking some predicted or anything like that, that's definitely like the hot topic at the moment. It's what we're discussing and everyone's like asking each other, but I'm sure that we'll like make that decision now over the next few days and we'll like come to terms with it. Well, great to hear the enthusiasm and positivity there being back in the classroom. And Ellen and Orla in particular are both charting their Leave and Search experiences on YouTube. So you can check out Ellen Clark and Orla Coffee there. Brian, you were listening there. Uh, interesting to hear how positive they were about being back in the classroom and talk there at the end about the hot topic, the exams, you know, decision. And as you said earlier, the exam portal opens, we know now as of this evening, on Wednesday. What, tell us a little bit about what students should expect when that portal opens. Well, what I would suggest is you're given the option now of deciding whether you want to go for assess grades, but you have to tell them now, or the written exam or both. My advice to students is, for, for God's sake, will you please apply for both and keep your options as wide as possible for as long as possible? Because effectively, by opting for both, you give yourself the best chance of getting the highest grades in each subject you're studying. You will get a chance in April and May to amend those assessed grades entries and the level at which you wish to, to be assessed for. In the end of that process, you cannot then change the level because effectively for the assessed grade process, the teacher will be taking work, as you know, they are allowed to take three pieces of work from, from you in the next number of weeks, up to an hour in duration, which will be um, in, based in the school in which they were allowed to include in their assess grade. They are not allowed, and I was listening to Michael Gillespie earlier, to sure. include mocks. 
Yep. And I think that, you know, I support Michael in what he said. Obviously, we have the very precious resource of our teachers back to us. Why would you be wasting time in spending hours on end in school when teachers could be teaching students actually running mocks? Give them the papers, let them do them at home if they want to, but let the teachers do what they're best at doing and preparing the children for these examinations. But just and going, obviously, yeah, just but yeah. just the portal, because I know people are anxious about this. We yes. know now it's the 10th of March at noon. I yes. think just ploughing through the stuff, rushing to studio here, you have until yes. the 16th of March to register. So you have that Correct. week. You can change your level at the end of April to early May, but then you have to commit to your level. However, that's for the accredited grade system. If you decide to go ahead with the exam, I, it seems to me reading through here that they confirm that on the day, if you decide to change your level, you can as normal. Am correct. I correct on that? Correct. You can you can change your level on the day for the for written the exam, paper. but the accredited so grade has accredited to be committed grade, to. You have to once you get to that final edit yeah. purpose, which will be allowed on your portal, which you can go in and out of. They they will allow you at the end of that process in late March or, or April. To, a, to change that level for the purposes of the assess grade. But you cannot then change that any further because the teacher then gets involved in a process of evaluating you based on the work that's been pre-submitted and the three pieces of work they're allowed to give you now in the next number of weeks. And at that point in time, that system gets locked and you cannot get into it and make any changes to it. But you can, in the written paper on the day, on the put day. your hand up yeah. and select a different level Therefore, you will be obviously marked on what you take on the day. Sure. You're not allowed to, once it, once it lands on your desk, you can't change your mind. So effectively, once you say to the superintendent, give me ordinary or higher, that's it, it's done. Uh, and you will be marked on that in a written paper. And one other interesting aspect yep. of that also, Evelyn, is you know the way that the uh, former Minister for Education, Joe McHugh, introduced the bereavement support for students yep. um, which was run after the exam. That will not be happening this year. Okay. If for any reason you cannot do a paper, whether it's bereavement or whether it's illness or whether it's COVID-related, you will get the assessed grade. Okay. There, are no, there are no alternative sittings of any papers. They'll be run once in June and that's it. Okay, Brian, questions flying in, so I'd love touch if we can get through some of these, it'd be great. They're flying in now. Uh, for example, if you opt for accredited grades, are you at a disadvantage in the standardisation process versus the written exam? What is your view on that? Not in the slightest. The standardisation, you'll, you'll get the best of both. Exactly. So yeah. effectively, you know, you're, you're always going to get the best of both. The standardisation process is simply to be fair to those students who have done the exam up to 2019 or students who delayed going to college this year because they wanted the full college experience. We have the situation in the UK where effectively there's no standardisation process and therefore grades will probably go through the roof. In Ireland, what they are trying to do is to ensure that grades stay somewhat in line so that all the other applicants from previous years get a fair shot at getting college places. Brian, do we know, can you withdraw from the exams? You know, if you've actually pledged to do them, what is the situation there? Of course you can. I mean, every single year there are students who don't turn up, say, for ordinary level Irish, who are obliged to study it in school, but who are not looking at it as part of the, you know, the grades they're looking for. And, you know, nobody's going to arrive at your door, arrest you and drag you into an exam centre. If you don't turn up on the day, 
that's it. You, you don't get marked on the paper, even if you're registered for it. It's inconvenient for the administrative point of view, but there are no consequences for you. For so you. if you register for the exams now, you can ultimately not turn up. OK, uh, specific questions coming in, for example, closing date of geography, April 23rd is what I have here for history yes. of April 23rd. Art, which is interesting because we discussed this with Declan Kelly on Tuesday night. Uh, May 20th has now been confirmed as the completion date there. Um, so, Brian, the other thing I wanted to ask you about was um, the query system if people are unhappy with grades. Last year it was kind of complex. You could query it based on a sort of an admin question, wasn't it? You, you, okay, there will be two systems this year. Once, once you get your result in August, you will not know on the day whether in fact that's an assess grade or an exam grade based on the fact that obviously you're going to get the best of, of either, right? But you will be given that information shortly afterwards. If it is an assess grade and it was your hire, the only thing you can review is the admin process that the exam or sorry, that the teacher used in the month of May in, in, in arriving. If the paperwork, if there's an error in the paperwork somewhere, that can be uh, that can be queried. If, in fact, it is the written paper, you are allowed in the normal circumstances to ask for that to be reviewed. You will pay for that. And if obviously you get an upgrade, you get the money back. So effectively, there are two dual systems. When you get the result, you won't know. But within a few days, you will know whether it was assessed or written. There's, it's almost pointless querying the assessed because somebody's going to have to have made a mistake uh, on, in terms of transferring data. But in the written paper, you will get the chance to have it recorrected by another examiner. OK, and then finally, then your view on where they're at so far. Have we got all the clarity we need? Is there anything else we need to know? Are you happy enough with the information that students have? I think the information is fully out there now. As I've said previously, um, I would suggest to students at this stage that you focus completely and totally on working with your teachers. Um, that I think that students have done an amazing job this year. I mean, it's been a really difficult. They missed three months last year. They've been an online work with the last two months. Focus exclusively on your work with your teachers over the coming uh, weeks and months. And at the end of the day, everybody is rooting for you to be able to move on to college in the courses that you want to do. And obviously you get a chance in the month of June to be able to review all those choices um, once you decide what it is you're going to hopefully do, whether it's college, further education or apprenticeship or whatever. Thank you so much, Brian Mooney, for joining us with all that this evening. We had to do a lot of that on the fly, but I think we got there in the end. H1 for you, I have to say, in your in your uh, updated notes there. Thank you so much for joining us, Brian. And of course, Brian's an old friend of ours, so I'm sure he'd be willing to come back if we have more questions coming in. Please feel free to text us on 51551 or indeed email us at studyhub at rte.ie. Well, as we know, the years 2020 and 2021 will be the centrepiece of many history courses in the decades to come. And the analysis of historical events like a global pandemic helps inform, educate and prove us all. So we know that COVID has guaranteed future historians uh, fascinating material and many of those budding historians may be already studying history for the leaving certics the awes are minish fall to harke michan munter star fein. I'm delighted to welcome to the study hub an old friend of mine Sean Delap a renowned history teacher having taught in Clough Street School in Booterstown Dublin for several years before recently being elevated to Previda he'll be mortified. Our principal at the school who's the author of a number of history textbooks and continues involvement with the Irish history teacher Association. Sean Cade Milfoil to Ruth Omranona. Listen, let's start now about that news this evening about the clarification around the dates and things. What do you think? What is your advice around that now? Yeah, well, the dates, that would have been quite, that, that would have been really the normal date for the uh, research study for, for history. And I think most students would have their work fairly much on target for that date. Uh, it's just good to get clarification on it. But it was always 
put in usually on the in and around the last Friday in April. That that's so that's quite normal. Uh, it's twenty third of April this year. Um, you know they would have been working towards that target really from 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 the start. Um, it, you know they should really look on that very very positively. Um, the marks they get on the research topic, the average mark I think is up around. Um, 90 out of 100 you know and, wow. and it accounts, <laughs> that's it good accounts for 20 for 20 percent of the overall paper so you know a huge amount of students are going to a vast vast majority of them are going to go into the leave insert if, if, if they choose to sit the paper uh with somewhere between 19 and 20 percent in the back pocket uh, already and that's a great start to, to any subject flicking between your teacher hat and now so your principal hat around the exams what is your advice or your feeling around that yeah, around exams, I would agree totally with Brian. Go for both. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Uh, it's uh, you're going to get the best of both systems. Um, as I was explaining to someone recently, uh, I suppose in in a certain amount of us of a certain age will remember when you did your leave insert and then you went and tortured yourself again by doing a thing called the matric. Oh yeah, I remember but the, beauty, that. the beauty of this one is you've only got to do the leave insert once and you can fall back in your accredited grade. So you know. I, I can't see why students wouldn't go wouldn't go for both. I suppose the only advantage of not doing it, you would be finished that a little bit earlier. But sure, there's not an awful lot to do these days, I'm afraid. <laughs> Magaluf and wherever else they go is off the agenda. Um, so, you know, just hang in there another, another little while. Um, go for it. Um, you know, even even someone that mightn't be looking for, for a great deal of points. As I was saying to the students here, you mightn't be looking for them now, but an awful lot of pe- people changed their minds, changed their careers. And having a good leave insert, having good results, you know, um, uh, will open Never a burden. Of doors for you in the, for, for you in the future, you know. And we have people working here at the moment. Whether we've engineers, we've we've ex lawyers and things working as teachers now. So people do change careers, and you know, having a, a good decent leaving cert will help you to do that. Uh, in in future years. Okay, well, look, let's plough on with the paper then now that we have the clarity around the research project. What is the layout? I mean, it's it's a daunting paper in terms of the written part of it, but talk us through the structure and the layout of it. Well, this is the beauty of it this year is that, that, you know, there are changes and and there's going to be more choice. Now, we do, um, Brian was talking there about how we all the clarification. I suppose that the bit of clarification that we're waiting to get yet is that they've told us that they will cut down on the amount of questions they need to do. And that is going to be clarified sometime in the week beginning 22nd of March. So, you know, we, we, we'll wait eagerly uh, <laughs> to see what's what's involved there but you'd start your paper the first thing they would see in the papers that is is a document study uh, and that'll be based on america uh this year as it was uh, as it was last year They've and that's confirmed studies. they know that they know that and you know it's limited to those three case studies very much limited to what the case studies are about johnson and the vietnam war the montgomery bus boycott and the moon and the moon landing and the great thing about that question as well is that about almost i suppose close on 60 percent of the of, of, of the answering it is looking at you on the paper you know the first 20 marks uh, is a simple reading competition um, it's just simply uh, to read, 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 uh, reading comprehension, um, but just as I would say, just be a little bit careful there that you read it. You know, take your time and just read it properly. Um, the answer is is available in the document, um, and you shouldn't really be answering anything else. It is a reading comprehension. Second part is two paragraph questions on just comparing the documents. Uh, third part, it's a little bit more difficult to go on. You need to be able to analyse a little bit, maybe looking out for bias and things like that, uh, and looking at maybe the usefulness of type of sources, like the usefulness of a cartoon, the usefulness of a newspaper. So, you know, think what would it would be the general usefulness of, uh, say, a political cartoon. It would give you the view that people had at that particular time. Um, 
weakness of it maybe sometimes they tend to be they, they can tend to be biased and that and if you if you've worked out that idea you can you can do it with any other one and all you've got to do then is to add an example you know in this particular cartoon this yes. is what's going on but you know the general rules of how useful a political cartoon would be would apply to all cartoons and then just giving the end, end example on the one that's that's staring at you uh, from the paper and they finish off then with a mini essay it's called a contextualization question and this is the bit that's unseen but is usually very very close to the case study and quite often will deal with maybe the, the the causes of or the impact so it could be something like what was the impact of the montgomery bus boycott so you write about a page and a half on that the only word of advice I would give there is just be very, very careful as as the question will probably be quite pointed. Uh, and if it says impact, that's what comes afterwards. Then we, you have your... Yeah, your, just, yeah we're just going to, because we're fighting the clock here a little bit, I suppose. You're moving on then to your three kind of bigger questions, right? And sure. I suppose one of the things, you know, you were very strong with this. It's not about your opinion. You have to be able to back everything up. You do. You'll have to do three essay questions, but they may be going to cut back on that. Um, and there is more choice built in. So, you know, uh, you'd have to normally you'd have to do them from three different uh, topics. Um, you can do them from two topics by doubling up on one of them. And, and you know, an awful lot of people would, would like particularly the dictatorship and democracy topic. And if that suits you, so th and if there's a nice question, you can double up on that one and leave out one of your other ones. So it gives you a lot. There's a lot more scope this year. Uh, and I think it's been very, very fair to the students. You know, if you didn't manage to finish your course, if you felt that the, you know, the online learning wasn't as effective and that, that uh, you'd fallen back a little bit, it does give you that kind of option. And how um, long is an essay, Sean? I mean, I know... Well, Played really with this. Sometimes, sometimes they can be too long. The average, I suppose, an average writing would be about three and a half, four pages. But really what you need to do is to hit the question. And I would say when you get your essay, look at three things. First of all, look at the dates. And some essays will have dates included. Others will not have dates included. But if you read the title, there's a date really implied. Okay. For instance, it could be something like um, how effective was Mussolini as a leader of Italy? And I remember that came up in the old course and a lot of people wrote about his rise to power. The key word there was leader. That's 1922. So cut out the background information and get stuck straight in. You know, if you if, it may, it may ask you how effective was the de Valera government? Well, he came, you know, that was 1932. So, you know, you don't start writing things about his his, his involvement in the 1916 rising, <laughs> the Treaty of the Civil War and all of that. And okay. it's easy to do is to just stop yourself for a second. Second thing you'll do is you will count the parts in the question. And if it asks you to write about how effective was de Valera in dealing with, um, say, economic or the Fianna Fáil government in dealing with economic and Anglo-Irish relations, there's clearly two parts there. The beauty of this is you don't have to answer it. You don't have to divide your points half and half. As long as you answer both parts of the question somewhere, you're fine. So, you know, you may look at the questions that got him um, very good on the Anglo-Irish, not so hot on the economy. But if you can write something on the economy at all, you know, that question is doable. You don't need to balance it up. But what you do need to do is you need to address both parts of the question. And lastly, the third thing you look at is look to see if there are any particular keywords, looking out for things like causes. If it's causes, it's what comes before. If it's impact, it's what comes after. So, you know, uh, what, what, what was the impact of something? It's what comes after, you know, the impact of the troubles in Northern Ireland. So you're looking at what came after the troubles. What was the impact of the fall of Stormont? So that's 1972 onwards, not what, you know, not the causes that led up to it.
Okay. Um, and, you know, just to slow it down a little bit. But by giving them more time this year, it's an absolute godsend. Because if you remember back to your own days, Evelyn, yeah. history was always a race against time. And I think that's a great advantage that they will have maybe part of a question or even a full question less to do. It's going to give them time to think. And that's why I would strongly advise, for God's sake, do the paper. You're not going to get a better chance than this to to, to shine uh, in, in, in history. You know, um, I've seen good students down through that they're absolutely excellent students and the only thing that held them back a little bit was just trying to get the paper trying to get all the information in and trying to get the paper finished and that shouldn't be an issue this year it's it's a, it's a great advantage yeah, you used the word beautiful about the paper before which I thought was a bit over the top but I take your point quick uh, just two quick questions coming in there um, bullet points are you allowed to are you penalised for using bullet points if you're running out of well, time well no bullet points can work well in other subjects in, in, in for Higher level history, I wouldn't really recommend it because you're getting marked. It's two sets of marks for your essay, 60% for relevant information and 40% for your ability to analyse. If you're writing bullet points, you're not analysing. What I would say is just pick one of those points, write two sentences on it. Pick another one and write two sentences. Pick another one and write two sentences and keep doing that until the examiner grabs the paper from under you. You know, it will maximise your marks. Um, if you're just simply writing bullet points, you're not you're not discussing anything. So um, you may gain something on the mark out of 60 for relevant information, but you won't really get much for your for, for um, your an, an analysis because you haven't really analysed anything in a bullet point. Okay. So it's just... Just write write one or two sentences on it. It's much more more effective, and just keep doing that, and you'd be surprised at just how how high a mark. But if there's additional time, yes, available this Unlike year, unlike what I we have this evening, go on. I don't think the bullet points should 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 come into play at all for okay. for, for first time ever in history. Okay, listen, Gormil Magdalshon, um, and that podcast for this will be available later on this evening. We'll be back in tribe time this Tuesday coming. We'll be plunging ourselves into the world of physics and Spanish. So have a good evening. Don't forget your email and any of these subjects or any of the topics we've covered are always welcome at studyhub@rt.ie. You were listening to The Study Hub on Drive Time at RT Radio 1. Tune in to us live Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30pm.